Welcome to Tips and Awesome Stories. All right, so what do you have today for us? All right, so I got a true crime story. Um, it's a little long, but it's worth it. It gives you some history about her, and then we'll go into, like, um, We'll go into her earlier crimes, which led up to her actually doing murders. So this story is going to be about Eileen Warnos. Um, she's a very famous uh, killer. There is actually a movie ma based after her. There's some other um, documentaries, I do believe. I think toward the end of her life, she did quite a few interviews um, with different yeah. people. Um, but I actually remember her from uh what is that show called american horror story american horror oh, story hotel yeah. she yeah. was one of the people who would come to dinner once mm -hmm. a year there their anniversary dinner mm -hmm. that they would have yeah so that's how i actually got introduced to her and then i got a true crime um coloring book for christmas and it has her in it oh. and i was like you know what? i'm just gonna look up a little bit about her um, I, after doing this, I read, or I watched the movie and the movie is so different and it made me very disappointed because they couldn't add in certain things that right. actually happened. So there's right. a lot of fictional things to it and it just doesn't make sense really to what her life was. It, it shows the, the monster she was. Yeah. They added a bunch of extra stuff in the movie that they didn't even need to add if they had just told the story i think it would have been an excellent movie in i itself. don't think there was another person that was involved with some of this stuff and i don't think she wanted to be any part of that gotcha. movie um i don't know if they made the movie after eileen had already passed away or not but oh i, I can't remember i don't think they had consent from other people that were actually involved in her life to be in the movie so that's probably why they had that to make up sense. the yeah. fictional characters the way that they did yeah that makes sense okay all right so i'm going to dive in um eileen Giggity. carol <laughs> Go ahead. okay um eileen carol warnos 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 okay um, I got most of this from Wikipedia. Uh, a lot of it, I uh, rewrote some of the things that people have put in there just to make it sound a little bit better. Um, and I went to a couple other sources. I don't actually have them written down. So on February 29th of 56, Eileen Carol Pittman was born to a Diane Warnos, who was 14 at the time, and oh. her father, Leo Dell Pittman, who was 16 at the time. Um, they were 14 and 16 when they got married, which blows my mind because they were so kids. so young. Jeez. Um, they were married uh, June of 54, so two years before Eileen was born. They divorced after only two years of marriage, only two months after Eileen was born. Um, Eileen also had an older brother named Keith who was born in March of 55, so he was born a year before her. Um, a little backstory on her father, uh, Leo, 
Eileen's dad was incarcerated at the time of her birth, so she never met her father. Mm -hmm. um, her father was diagnosed with schizophrenia and was later convicted of sex crimes against children. Leo in, oh. yeah. In uh, January of 69, he committed suicide by hanging himself in prison. So she never met him, and he was in prison the whole time. Um, Man, this this poor girl did not stand a chance at all. Like, oh, that's yeah, and it, it sad. Gets, it gets so much worse, too. Oh, that's and I, sad. I feel for her to be brought up the way that she was brought up. And that could have contributed to the crimes that she committed. But we don't know, because some people don't have horrible lives, and they still commit horrible crimes. This is true. So, uh, a little backstory on her mom. Um, at only four years old, uh, her mom left her and her brother at the maternal grandparents' house, just abandoned okay. them. She, yeah, I remember hearing that. Yeah. She, I guess it wasn't really a backstory about her mom, but it's just kind of the story of what her mom did. She just abandoned both of her children. I guess she couldn't do it. I, I'm not really quite sure why. It never did tell why she did it, so. It's hard to say. She was so young, you know, so that mm, could have you know, played a part in it. Um, so her grandparents were Laura and Britta Warnos. Um, unfortunately, they were both alcoholics. So um, they legally adopted both of the children on March 18th of 1960. Um, so they would have been... She would have been four whenever they adopted, probably five whenever they actually adopted the, her and her brother would have been six. Um, this is about her early life and I feel for her, especially right. not meeting her dad and then her mom abandoning her and her grandparents being alcoholics and it just gets worse. Um, Eileen had said she was sexually assaulted and beaten by her grandfather as a child um, before he would beat her. He would then make her strip all of her clothes off beforehand. Um, so by the age of 11, Eileen had been um, engaging in sexual acts in exchange for cigarettes, drugs, and food. Um, her grandfather also made her have sex with her brother. Mm, my gosh. So I can only imagine how long that was lasting. Yeah, that's just, that. that's awful. And it says, from the result of her grandfather raping her, she became pregnant at 14. Uh, she gave birth to a baby boy on March 23rd of 71 in a house for unwed mothers, and the child was put up for adoption. Not long after the birth of her child, Eileen dropped out of school. So she has, her, she has to go have this baby in this home with other women. She has to give her baby up for adoption, and it's like, do they ever tell them this was your biological mom like or would you keep that to yourself because i feel like you wouldn't want to tell your child like you were adopted but your mom was a murderer you know what i mean but then at the same time they deserve to know the truth too yeah that's a tough one i'm not sure what i would do in a situation like that yeah. like i'm not that's definitely i think you can give a base story that's truthful there mm -hmm. but the details would definitely be they would for when they're older yeah, they would eventually look it up like your adult kids and be research. like hey we need to have well, a pretty I mean, heavy conversation from actual 
this is true for me because I was adopted and then they told someone told me who my real mom was so I then started investigating myself and I was a young child I was only like I'd say like 9 10 somewhere around in there right and you know I started doing my own investigation for being mm-hmm. a young child that happens a lot kids and if you don't tell them that they're adopted and stuff like that like they'll find it out on their own I think that's so much more worse like I think it would let's be honest I think you'd be able to handle it better if you have a sit down with your adoptive parents Mm. well see when I found out I was adopted uh, I found out also that her husband was not my biological father oh okay in finding out that my brother actually found out that her husband was not his biological father and he's always known him as his biological father and then you have people like me who actively sought out like my brothers and sisters my you know my biological parents he on the other hand found out he had a a dad and a brother and he wanted absolutely nothing to do with him he's like i just found out i have a sister and i'm good with that i don't want anything else to do with any of this so i can understand where my my biological mom didn't tell my father mm-hmm. or didn't tell me about my father because my father was dying at the time. So okay. I can understand not telling someone at that time because it's something that could hurt them. Right. You know, and later on in life it may hurt still, but it's not going to traumatize you as much as you're exactly. older. Yeah, exactly. You can comprehend everything. Well, I want to know is so if she hadn't gave the baby away, Eileen going back to her, that would be such that 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 would be such a weird situation like because reading her story and then watching that movie and seeing what kind of person she was she reminded me of like an old trucker woman yeah with the greasy flowed back hair like Mm -hmm. back in the what this would have been 60s 70s when she got older it would have been about the 70s so that flowing um vera fawcett looking hair and she just looked crazy in the movie so that if they were portraying who she really was um there ain't no way she had any motherly instinct at all to take care of a child i think the reason they did that with the movie is because they didn't want her to be too soft to where you'd Mm -hmm. sympathize with her because she has a horrible of like no upbringing she has a horrible background and i think by portraying her as rough and as greasy and weathered looking you don't sympathize with her yeah, as much, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, you just don't. That's the way. Yeah, I understand. Are. Okay, so let's see. Um, from the result of her grandfather raping her, um, oh well, no, skip forward. Where, where, where am I? She had gave the babies up oh, for okay. adoption. Okay, so um, adoption not long after the birth of her child, Eileen dropped out of school. At just 15, her grandfather then kicked her out, and as a result, she started supporting herself through sex work and living in the woods near her old home. Jesus. So at 15 years old, she was out on her own. Um, This is actually her early crime activities, so this leads up to um, what she was doing prior, um, what she was doing before she started actually murdering people. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is March of 74. At the age of 18, Eileen was arrested in Colorado for a DUI, disorderly conduct, and firing a .22 caliber from a moving vehicle, and later was charged with failure to appear. So that was the first thing that was on her record. Uh, 76, she was hitchhiked 
she hitchhiked to Florida where she met Lewis. Um, he was, Lewis Felt was a 69 year old yacht president. Um, they married quickly. However, Eileen continually, continuously involved herself in confrontations at local bars, resulting in um, a brief stay in the jail for assault. Dude, she would have been 16 there. Yeah, no, she was, uh, was she there? would have been 20 because she turned 18 and 16, oh, 74. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But I'm like, that is fucking nasty, bro. Well, like, I'm just so fuck? confused in how she ended up marrying a 69-year-old man. I don't know, was he a sex, like, was he looking at the sex worker and then fell in love with her? Or, like, I, I don't know, but it... Uh, so this is like a Jerry Springer episode. So yeah, she was she was in the she stayed in jail for briefly for assault. Then she also had a restraining order put on her by her husband because she hit him with his cane within weeks of marriage. <laughs> I can just imagine, you old asshole. <laughs> yeah. Within weeks of being married, she's already beating the hell out of him. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, she returned to Michigan, where on July 14th of 76, she was again arrested for throwing a cue ball at a bartender's head at Bernie Club. <laughs> so she just gets she's drunk. That's the issues, she's, man. Yeah, she just gets drunk and does stupid shit. Um... Unfortunately, in July, um, her brother passed away from cancer. Yeah. Um, she did receive $10,000 in life insurance money. Um, Eileen and Felt annulled their marriage only nine weeks after uh, being married. Oh, no shit. You should be yeah. me, Kane. I would, I would definitely not want to be married <laughs> to her anymore either. A given. You old geezer. <laughs> May okay. Okay. Side thought here. If he was 69 marrying a 20-year-old, maybe he deserved to be hit with that cane, okay? That's why I'm wondering if the sex work didn't come into play. Like, if he was a client and then they just got together. Like, that's what I'm I, thinking. I'm thinking, that's yeah. that's how I, I was thinking. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because that had to have been how they met. Uh, excuse me. August of 76, she was given 105 fee for drunk driving um, she used her money that she received to pay the fine and bought a new car that she later wrecked so she spent all this money and then and then she really didn't yeah and ten thousand dollars then was a decent chunk of money like uh, i don't know yeah. what it translates from, to today but from this i see her last stint was 76 and then this one says May 20th of 81, Eileen robbed a convenience store for only $35 and two packs of smokes. So within that time frame, she blew all that money. Yeah. And then she was back to doing petty crimes. Yeah. It took her a minute to go through it. Uh, yeah. And that was when she was in Edgeward, Florida. So she was bouncing from all kinds of different states, mm -hmm. it looks like. Um, on May 4th of 82, she was sentenced to prison and was released on June 30th of 83. So she spent almost or a little over a year in prison she was again arrested on may 1st of 84 for attempting to pass four checks in key west florida um on november 30th of 85 she was a suspect in a theft of a revolver and ammo in pasco 
um, county. <gasps> Pasco County? That's the county I grew up in. Really? Yes. Yeah, I think it's mentioned in here. Florida's a horrible state. <laughs> and it's sad because there's a chance I might actually look, move there eventually. Look, okay, for those of you that are possibly from Florida and are sitting there offended by that, no, you need to wake the fuck up because the only thing, Florida, all the nuts and, like, old people just flock to Florida. Everyone goes there to retire. I don't know why. What is so good about Florida? I mean, it's warm. It's Don't get me wrong. It's fucking snowing today. Like, I want to move where it's warm. I want to get the fuck away from here. Warm all the time. Warm all the time. I don't want to be cold. Dude, it hits like 40 degrees sometimes in Florida. Like, and people will freak the fuck out and be in like heavy clothes like it's snowing or some shit. I remember growing up as a kid in Florida and getting fucking earmuffs one Christmas and I refused to wear them. <laughs> what the fuck do I need this shit for? Exactly. It's to keep the mosquitoes out of your ears. Dude, it's all fucking games until you're minding your own business and a mosquito just like flies right in your ear. And you're like, Jesus! Okay. Okay. Oh, sorry. Back to, no, you're fine. We're just rambling. Yes. Back to where we were. <laughs> uh, January 4th and 86. Uh, in Miami, she was arrested and charged for car theft, resisting, and obstruction of justice for providing identification bearing her aunt's name. The police also found a .83 revolver and ammo in the stolen car. It's just like one thing after the yeah, other. Yeah, it's like, not looking good for you, babe. June 2nd of 86, uh, Velasca County sheriffs detained her for questioning after a male accomplice accused her of pulling a gun in his car and demanding $200. She was carrying spare ammo and a .22 pistol under the car seat she occupied. Around this time, she met... Tyra Moore, and Tyra Moore is the person I do not think gave them permission in uh, for the movie. Oh, okay. In the movie, the girl that she is a company with in it, her name is Shelby Wall. I, I believe that's what the name in the actual movie was. I had that it written down. That seems yeah, familiar. Shelby Walls. Yeah. So that was a fictional character that was never in her life, but I think that's who they put in her life to replace the Tyra Moore. Oh, okay, that makes sense, yeah. gotcha. So Tyra Moore, um, she was a hotel maid at the Dota Dotana, uh, <laughs> Daytona Beach Lesbian Bar. Yeah, my brain doesn't link with my mouth sometimes. Um, supporting them with sex work money, they moved in together July 4th of 87. They were detained at a bar for questioning for an incident which accused them of assault and battery with a beer bottle. So this really, that really is the Shelby takes Tyra's place then. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, that does happen in the movie, so. Yeah, like she meets, in the movie, um, she actually meets a girl at a lesbian bar, which Tyra Moore is the maid at the lesbian bar. So it, it kept with the the facts. Right. But it gave a whole different person. 
So then you don't know about Tyra. You don't know, you mm. know, that she was actually accomplice. Because in the movie, the girl that's with her, she doesn't want any of this crime. Like, she's a girl that just came out about being a lesbian. Her family's like, this lady's going to yeah, use you. Right. And so it's just a whole, I mean, it portrays her in the light of her being this bad person because she murdered all these people. But at the same time, there's so much fiction to it. You can't actually mm-hmm. tell the real story from the movie. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, the storyline. Uh, all right. So we've only got a couple more things here. And then we'll talk about the actual murders. Okay. Um, and it seems like at this point, she's starting to kind of ramp up her behavior, too. Mm-hmm, it's because becoming more it's frequent. literally 86, 86, you know, 81, 83, 84, 85. It was just one thing after another. Yeah. Um, this one says March 12th of 88, Eileen accused a, Do- a Daytona <laughs> bus driver of assault. She claimed that he pushed her off the bus following a confrontation. Moore was listed as a witness. So Moore was basically her accomplice at this point. She's encouraged, I think she encouraged her to do this because they were, you know, making money and getting away with all kinds of shit. Um, Eileen claimed up until her execution, she was in love with Moore. Um, I don't think at any point in any of this did it actually come out that she was a lesbian. I think that she just loved her. Right. You know, she could have been pansexual and not mm-hmm. looked at the gender, just looked at the person. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it never did come out and say whether or not she was into men or women. She was just doing sex work. Mm-hmm. Um, so Eileen killed seven men in a 12-month period. Seven men. She was able to do that. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, the first murder was a 51-year-old electronic store owner in Clearwater. His name is Richard Charles Mallory. He he was actually previously convicted for attempted rape. Um, she claims to have killed him in self-defense. She claimed that after he sodomized and brutally beat her, mm. after being driven to an abandoned area for sexual requests, that she turned on him, which in the movie, it does show that this guy, like, basically looks like he's going to end up killing her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that could have, they could have just done that because that's what she was saying. And I think later on, um, she recants and says that's not true. But then I think again, she says it was out of self-defense. Right. Um, it says deputy sheriffs found his car two days later. On December 13th, his body was found shot several times. They believe two bullets to the lungs is what actually killed him. Um, His body was found several miles away in a wooded area. So she murdered him, uh, moved his body, and then dumped his car. Right. Oh, light. Let there be light. Um, All right, second murder um, was a 47-year-old David Andrew Spears. Um, He was found on June 1st of 90. Uh, He was a construction worker in Winter Garden. Um, He was declared missing on May 19th of 1990. Uh, When he was found, he was found naked along the U.S. Route 19 in Citrus County, Florida. He had been shot six times by a .22 pistol. So it looks like most of her killings um, were around Florida. Mm-hmm. So she was like a, she'd be a famous killer for Florida. I wonder if they call it 
Oh my gosh, Florida has so many famous, famous criminals and stuff. I know, stuff. but there's, like, there's another notorious, she's a notorious serial killer. Floridian Florida. killer? Floridian killer. <laughs> Floridian. And it helps that you're from Florida too, so you know some of these areas. Like Clearwater. I was born in Clearwater. Were you? We yes. went to where um, Winter was. I actually seen her up close because we went to the um, aquarium that she was in. Oh. And Noah actually has a little Winter uh, dolphin that has a detachable tail. Oh, that's cool. cool. That's cool. Yeah, I um, I grew up in Florida. I was, and I had never been anywhere else until Indiana, so. Poor thing. You, I know. One I'm shitty state you. to another. <laughs> at least, at least in Florida, though, you get like Florida man and shit like that, so it's entertaining. Here, it's just. You know, we have a, we had a Columbus man page, but. Oh, he got, was brutal. He got banned, so there is no more Columbus man. We need to make a new one. <laughs> Definitely. Especially in my area, I can tell you what all the tools oh, we're doing. Oh gosh. Okay. <sighs> uh, forgive me beforehand because I don't really know how to say his name, his last name very well. So we're just kind of gonna guess. I'll just refer him Charles. Um, I think that's what I wrote down. And I did handwrite all of these notes for all of you wonderful people. Just know that my hand hurt. <laughs> uh, on May thirty first of ninety. For your service. <laughs> Uh, May 31st in 90, Charles Edmund Carl Skindon. We're going to go with that. Skindon? It's, it's Kars, Ska, Kars, uh, it's like C-A-R-S-K-A-D-D-O-N. Maybe Karskadon? Karskadon is what I'm assuming. Okay. I apologize. I can't pronounce shit. All right. He, so he was a part-time rodeo worker. And he, oh, was, he sounds his, like a winner. His body was found on June 6th of 90 in Pasco County, Florida. The body was wrapped in an electric blanket and was badly decomposed when found. He had been shot nine times with a .22 caliber. And there are witnesses that say that Eileen was in possession of his car and also pawned a gun that belonged to him. Mm, okay. So she's just doing more stupid things and she's just like pawning that and gun And she's off. careless about it yeah. too. Um, I think she's pretty good about wiping off her fingerprints and everything off of everything. But still, you, you're caught, you know. Yeah, she's just careless. Yeah. Um, so we're on the next one. Uh, Peter Abraham Sims. Sims. S-I-E-M-S. Sims. That's how I'm going to say it. Sure. This um, works for me. <laughs> he was a 65 retired seaman. <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> on June 90th, Sims left Florida or left Jupiter, Florida for Arkansas. On July 4th of 90, his car was That's found. That's a drive. Yeah. His car was found in Orange Spring, Florida. Moore and Eileen were seen abandoning the car. Eileen's handprint was found in the car, so she was even more careless. But his body was never found. Mm. They never found his body. Yeah, depending on what area of Florida you're yeah. in, you could lose a body pretty All I can think pretty of, she easily. put it in a swamp near, mm -hmm. you know, and it just got eaten. Yep, exactly. Uh, this is a 50-year-old sausage salmon. 
salesman. <laughs> I bet he had some sausage to sell. <laughs> I can't. Would you like to buy my sausage, man? Hi, I'm a Georgia Tour sausage salesman. Okay. Oh. Y'all get to see me take my cat okay. Oh, shit. Okay, so we're on to our sausage salesman. <laughs> the 50-year-old sausage salesman, Troy Eugene Burgess, he was from O-C-A-L-A, Florida. Ocala, Florida. Ocala, Florida? Yeah. Okay. Um, he was reported missing on July 31st of 90. His body wasn't found until August 4th. Um, he Did was she, shot. What? I was going to say, does she turn him into a sausage? <laughs> no, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, he was shot twice, and he was found in a wooded area along State Road 19 in Marion County. So she's just dropping bodies she's anywhere. Like, yeah, like, she's just dropping them. Jeez. Uh, this one, I, I, I was really sad about this person that she killed. I mean, supposedly these were people who were looking for a sex worker, right. you know, so they could have been a bad person or they could have just fucking been lonely. I, I don't know. I wasn't there. But this person, Charles Richard Dick Humphrey, age 56. I'm seeing a trend here with these men that she's we got, okay, carry on. We only have this person and one more person, and then we'll go into the justice of what yes. happened to her. Um, so Charles Richard Dick Humphrey, he was... <laughs> I'm sorry. So sorry. <laughs> carry on. Oh, Dick okay. Humphrey. So this one I'm actually kind of sad about, though. Okay. Because the way it talks about him, um, he was a retired U.S. Air Force, um, a former Air Forceman. He was also a former uh, state child abuse oh. investigator and a former police chief. And it said his body was found in Marion County on September 11th of 90. He was fully clothed and had been shot six times in... Um, the back and torso. Oh. Um, so our last one, uh, Walter Gino Antonio, a trucker, a security guard, and a reserve officer, age 62. His body was found nearly naked near a remote logging road in Dixon County. He had been shot four times. Dixon County. <laughs> You're killing me right now. You're on a whole level on that. It's okay. cracking me up. Okay, sorry. So now we're going to get into the early justice, or not the early justice, the justice that she receives. Um, and then after that, we will get into her actual execution. So we're not far from being done at this point. Oh, yeah, I forgot she was executed. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, July 4th of 90, Moore and Eileen abandoned Peter's car after being in an accident. Which, if you've ever seen the movie, they were in an accident, yep. if you remember, and then they tried to get away. Yeah, I remember that. They just left the freaking car there. Did they leave the car? I'm pretty sure I they did. I thought they drove off in the car, did but they I don't know. This off? says... Uh, witnesses said a woman was driving. She gave a description and names, which resulted in a media campaign to locate them. So maybe she did leave the car. Mm, yeah, I'm. I can't. I thought she did, but now I'm not. I'm not. Positive yeah, I can't. About I can't it, remember so. exactly. 
Um, police also found some of the victim's belongings in a pawn shop and retrieved fingerprints matching those found in the victim's car. Eileen already had a criminal record in Florida and her fingerprints were already on file. Mm. So they were, it was easy for them to figure out that it was her. Yeah. Um, on January 9th of 91, Eileen was arrested on an outstanding warrant at the last resort, a bike bar in Velasco, Velasco County. The next day, more was found in um, Sacroton, Pennsylvania. She agreed to confess against Eileen exchange for, so she get exchange for immunity from the prosecutor. So I'm going to testify against this person to get less charges. Yeah, that was in the movie too, if you yeah. remember. Like she was mm-hmm. trying to bait her on the phone to get her to say stuff. And... Yeah, and it, it says under police guidance, more returned to Florida and made several phone calls to Eileen mm. pleading for her help to clear her name. Um, January 16th of 91, Eileen confessed to the murders. She claimed the men tried to rape her and the killing was in self-defense. Um, on January 4th, it'd have to have been after that. My, my bad. Um, I put January 16th, but then I have January 14th, which this could have been it. Oh no, it was a year later. January 14th of 92, a year after Eileen went to trial for the murder of her first victim, Richard Mallory. Um, And then it says in January of 92, Eileen was convicted of Mallory's murder with the help of Moore's testimony. A psychiatrist at her sentencing for the defense testified that Eileen was mentally unstable and diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and antisocial disorder. Um, Four days later, she was sentenced to death. So she did get the death sentence right off the bat for her first victim. Um, In June of 92, she pled guilty to murdering Cargiston. Charles. We're just going to go with Charles. Charles. (laughs) That guy, Charles. (laughs) I don't know how to say his last name. That's a weird last name for me. Um, In November of 92, she received her fifth death sentence. Jeez. Five death sentences. Mm -hmm. Uh, March 31st of 92, Eileen pleaded no contest to her murders of Humphrey, Burgess, and Spears, saying she wanted to get right with God. She said in part of her statement to the court, I wanted to confess to you that Mallory did violently rape me, as I've told you, but the others did not. They only began to start to. May 15th of 92, she was given three more death sentences. February of 93, she pled guilty to the murders of Walter Jinko Antonio and was sentenced to death again. Because Peter Sims' body was never found, no charges were brought against her for him. Even though the fingerprints were found in the car, yeah. you know, there was evidence that... That she... sucks that Eileen, like, went down and took all the blame for it when she was clearly there helping out with the shit, so... Yeah. Um, Eileen told several inconsistent stories about the killing. She claimed initially that all seven men had raped her, but later recanted the claim of self-defense, claiming robbery and a desire to leave no witnesses as the reason for murder. So she did recant, but then, uh, if I remember correctly, sometime in here, she does say that, that again, that they did try to actually... When she thought the cameras were on during an interview, she stated that she did in fact commit the murders in self-defense, but that she could not stand being on death row where she had been for 10, for where she had been for 10 years at this point and wanted to die. So this is the part where we get into the execution. 
She was incarcerated at the Florida Department of Corrections Bar Barward Correctional Institute. What is it? It's the Florida Department of Corrections Broward. Broward. Yeah, it's a weird one. Broward County. Yeah. Institute. Then she was transferred to the Florida State Prison death row for women to be executed. In 96, her appeal to the Supreme Court was denied. A petition from uh, from 01 states that she stated her intention to dismiss her legal counsel and terminate all pending appeals. She states, I killed those men. Robbed them as cold as ice and would do it again, too. There's no chance in keeping me alive or anything because I'll kill again. Um, she said, I have hated, I have hate crawling through my system. I am so sick of hearing she is crazy. I've been evaluated so many times. I'm competent, sane, and I'm trying to tell the truth. I'm one who seriously hates human life and would kill again. Mm. In 2002, she stated to claim people of tainting her food with dirt, saliva, and urine. She also complained of strip searches, tight handcuffs, door kicking, frequent window checks, low water pressure, mildew on her mattress, also catcalling. And those were in the weeks before she gave the series of interviews. So she was starting to lose her mind at this point. Um, Eileen's execution took place on October 9th of 2002. She declined her last meal, but opted for a cup of coffee instead. Her last words were, yes, I would just like to say I'm selling with the rocks, with the rock, and I'll I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus, June 6th, like the movie, Big Mother Ship and all, I'll be back, I'll be back. And she died at 9.47 a.m. She was the 10th woman in the U.S. and the second in Florida to be executed since the 1976 U.S. Supreme Court decision restoring capital punishment. And then I actually looked up what antisocial disorder was because I had never heard it before. Mm -hmm. And it is a mental disorder characterized by disregard for others. Mm -hmm. So, and that is the life and death of Eileen Warner. Yeah, and she's got quite the story there. Yeah, like, she had a terrible upbringing, and then instead of trying to be a better person, she just went down a very bad path, and, mm-hmm. and that life that she lived caused her to kill people. Yeah. Seven men in 12 months, that's a wild, and I don't, if it... I still think that more should have went down for more than she oh, did. Oh, I completely agree, yeah. Because I think that she was definitely, she was allowing, she was enabling her to do these things and not stopping her when she should have. Yeah, exactly. So she definitely should have gotten a sentence a lot closer. I don't know what her sentencing was. I didn't actually look it up. But for Eileen to be executed, you'd think that more would have gotten some kind of accomplice charges but I yeah. mean if she was willing to testify against Eileen then she could have gotten all that wiped spent like five years in prison or something yeah she probably got a really light sentence and well obviously she got a light sentence in comparison but I never heard what happened to her either so I would yeah. assume she I should have looked a little bit more into her just to see if I could find anything about her if she's, you know, she's still alive, but I've focused on 
Eileen and I watched the movie after I wrote this just to compare things and mm -hmm. um, it's a good movie but if you are looking for facts that's definitely not a movie to watch because it's not factual really. You can say that with most movies though because Hollywood changes so much shit in movies. That's just like reading a book and yeah. then watching the movie. They're yeah. so different. But I mean, whatever they can do to make that money, money, money. So me and Kirby have decided to do a new little segment. Either we're gonna do them at the beginning of episodes or the end of episodes. We thought the ending would be better for this one since we did this true crime episode, and um, this is something we want to try to do once a month. Or it could be supernatural or an urban legend or something, just something different. Um, not our norm, just something off the wall. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of true crime stories out there. We could keep you guys occupied for days. Oh, I have some but... favorites, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I got we some, will, I have some we favorites. We will definitely be hearing those too. <laughs> All right, so Liza, why did you smoke this week? Um, I smoked this week to calm myself down. Um, I had issues with my van. And I had to have it yes, put in the shop, did. and that was some money that I didn't really want to spend. But um, that's what happens when you buy from car lots. Sometimes you gotta get yours fixed. Um, yeah, unfortunately. I smoke this week because um, I have been putting a lot of effort into the podcast. Um, keeping up with all of our social media. You do then, do a lot for this podcast. <laughs> and then keeping up with my own OnlyFans and then my family and life. Uh, so sometimes I have to smoke to calm myself down mm -hmm. and relax and let everything just be for a while. And mm -hmm. So that is why I smoked this week. All good reasons. Mm -hmm. I mean, minus, yeah. minus the van. That was a... Well, I just calm mean, down. Yeah, it's but, a valid yeah. reason to smoke, so. It was, yeah, it was a, it was something to calm me down on that. Yeah. So, all right, Kirby, so why do you smoke this week? Um, I smoke this week for my mental health there because I deal with severe anxiety and I can't function as a proper adult unless I do, so. Mm -hmm. Mental health, it's important to take care of yourself and try to to baby your mental health mm -hmm. and keep yourself in a good mental state. And it's smoking can help you, especially if the meds you're taking that day isn't working very well or you're having a really bad day. Sometimes smoking will just pep you up and make your mood better and help you get your housework done. <laughs> yes, yes. I will take Snapchats of me taking a hit and the caption will definitely be like, all right, time to conquer these dishes or, you know, time to right. get that laundry folded. And yep. I have five people living in my house, so dishes and laundry are never fucking ending. So. Yeah. But you understand I, I feel that. that. I feel that. So, but I think this was a pretty good episode. I think so. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to add? I don't think so, other than the usual of, you know, if you enjoyed and you want to support us, please hit the tip and, you know, show your support that way. And uh, by doing so, we'll be more than happy to mention you in a future episode. Or if you want to stay anonymous, 
send us a message and let us know that you want to stay anonymous. But you're just supporting the cause. So, mm-hmm. and yeah. we do now have social medias for yes. the podcast. We have um, a actual Facebook page. Then we have a page dedicated to it through Facebook. We have an Instagram, a Twitter, a mm-hmm. Reddit. Um, we've been concert, we've been um, talking about possibly putting. Um, our podcast audio out there on uh, Spotify or iTunes or you know any of those kinds of things so if you do enjoy our podcast and you think someone else would enjoy it but they're not into looking at titties which is <laughs> weird because everyone likes titties I know women but even like titties yeah but if you if you want the podcast without the titties that is a possibility mm-hmm. now, and it's something we are working on. Yeah, so. and we will announce it on all social medias. Um, follow us on there. Follow us. Give us some support. We try to update daily. We, you know, we do live very busy lives outside of this, so it might all not always be that day that we'll get back with you, or we may not post that day. But we promise that we're here. Uh, we're not going anywhere. All of our social media is up. We respond to the messages. Um, more than likely, you'll probably get me <laughs> because my phone is permanently attached to my hand. I'm taking pictures of different things or recording, and uh, my phone's always on me because that's how we—that's how I make my money. Right. So I have to have it on me all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. But if you are wanting curvy and not me, I will send her a message and let her know, and then she can respond to you. And just so that you guys are, there's no confusion, we are simply T-N-A-S podcast Mm -hmm. on all media platforms. Support is the biggest thing. Word of mouth is how this gets around. And uh, we appreciate anybody and everybody that's helping us through this and being our support and Mm -hmm. everybody around us, our editor guy. Yes. Thank you to our our family and our friends. You know, we're lucky to have the people that are supporting us like they are. And it's, we're just very thankful for everybody. Yes, very much. Very much. So, I think that's all that I have for this episode. Yeah, I I think that's it on my part, too. All right, right. well, thank you for joining us. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.